So I used to be a pastor uh, in a previous life, and uh, but I haven't preached a sermon in like two plus years, and so I don't know if I even remember how to do this. Uh, so if you guys could please like be patient with me. I love your church. Um, I grew up here in Nashville, so uh, I've done lots of weddings in your church before. It's beautiful. Uh, we didn't do any weddings in here. I didn't know this existed, but this is awesome. And uh, what a great space to have a just different style of worship. And uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm really just honored to be here. And I thought about what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Clay said I could say anything, uh, and that's kind of dangerous. But uh, for me, uh, and this it, really hit me yesterday, I was thinking about John McCain and regardless of where you are on the political spectrum. He's obviously somebody who meant a lot to a lot of people and made a lot of, uh, I think, positive uh, changes in our country. Uh, Anytime somebody passes away, for me, it's kind of a moment of reflection, isn't it? You think about your own life. And that's the interesting thing about death is when you experience uh, someone in your life that you care about going through death, it makes you think more about life. And as a pastor, and you could ask Pastor Clay this, but as a pastor, you tend to spend more time around people who are in the final weeks of their life than the average person. Uh, Because for a lot of different reasons, people will invite their pastor uh, into those very intimate moments when they're in the final days with someone that they love and they care about. And so over the years, uh, I've sat next to a lot of people who literally are in the final weeks, days, even hours of their life. And I've often paid attention to what really matters to them. Like when you're facing death, what really matters about your life? And so I believe, and this may sound a little morbid, but I really believe that thinking about your own death can be one of the most inspiring things that you can do. And Scripture talks about this. This Scripture we just looked at, Psalms 39. says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. Like, so scripture talks about this idea that our days are numbered. Our life is fleeting. You've made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you at best. At best, each of us is but a breath. So thinking about this idea that our days are numbered. And again, the point of thinking about the fact that your days are numbered, the point of thinking about the fact of your death is really to remind you of how you live. So... Uh, I think most of you had on your chair a tape measure. Did you get that? Uh, Can you pull that tape measure out for just a second? We're going to do a little exercise, all right? I want you to flip to the side with the lots of numbers. Is that centimeters? I think it's centimeters, all right? It goes all the way up to 184, all right? I want you to look at that side. And the first thing I want you to do is I want you to find your age on that tape measure, all right? (laughs) Find your, that's why we went to the side with lots of numbers, okay? <laughs> find, your, find your age, and what I want you to do is just kind of rip it right there at your age. All right? Now, from your age backwards to one, kind of hold that piece of paper, that's your past. All right? That's your past. That's everything that's led up to this moment right here. And your past is now behind you, right? There's nothing that you can do about that past. So I want you to take your past, I want you to put it over your shoulder like this, and just drop it on the ground behind you, all right? It's gone. It's behind you. Now, let's leave a little privacy here. You don't have to pick up the piece of paper of the person in front of you, all right? 
Just let it, leave it on the ground. That's your past. It's behind you. And so now what you have is from your age up to 184. Now I just, in this next part, want you to take a guess here. All right? You're just guessing at when do you think the Lord might bring you home? All right? Nobody knows this, right? None of us. We don't have an idea of how much time we have on this earth. But just take a guess. And if you need a little help, average lifespan in America for men is 76. For women, it's 81. But let's think really positive, all right? And so pick, <laughs> pick the age that you think you might go home to be with the Lord and rip that, all right? So from the point that you think you might go home all the way up to 184, unless your name is Noah, you should not have gone that high up, but that is eternity. And I want you just to drop eternity down at your feet. And that's pretty cool when you think about eternity, right? Like I, when I think about eternity with God, I think about not only being in the presence of God, but I think about uh, being around people that have already passed on in my life that have meant a lot to me and what it's going to be like to be able to sit down with my grandpa again and talk about stories and talk about life. And talk about memories. And so when I think about eternity, that's a, that's a really sweet thing. But what you should have in your hand right now is from your age to when you think the Lord might call you home. This is your life. This is what this represents. It represents the fact that your days are numbered. It represents the fact that you're not going to be on this earth forever. Your days are numbered. And so maybe you just take this and you just kind of fold this up and maybe put it in your pocket for now. And maybe later this week you'll be reminded of kind of where this is all going. There's a day that Jesus is kind of meeting with some people, and um, it's interesting. These people were worried about all these little details of life. And so he essentially says to them, hey, you guys shouldn't be worried about all the details of life. You shouldn't be worried about the things that people who don't even believe in God worry about. And then he says to them in Matthew 6, he says, what I want you to do is I want you to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. To which many of you would say, I don't know if there's a more true thing that Jesus has ever said than that. Right? There's enough trouble in each day. Now, I brought some props here to kind of help us with something here. So this isn't original to me. I think you guys have actually done something similar to this before. But essentially, for our purposes, this jar, I don't know if you guys can see that, but this jar is going to represent a day in your life. It's just one single 24-hour period of time. This rice right here represents all the different activities that fill up your day. And you've got a lot of activities, right? When you think about it, you've got work. Most of you probably still work. You have a job. It's probably 40, 50, 60 hours a week, right? Right there uh, on top of a job. Uh, you guys, uh, a lot of you have families, right? So if you have kids, you just tell me when to stop pouring, okay? Like, that takes up a lot of time. Uh, you got to sleep at some point, right? You got to shower. You got to brush your teeth. You got to floss. Let, let's be honest about the flossing, though, okay? <laughs> We're going to put one grain of rice in there for that, right? I, I, it's funny. I'll go get my teeth cleaned, and they'll ask, do you floss? And I'm like... Well, today I did, right? I mean, like, that's about the only day when I go in for a check. But you have to do that. And on top of that, you got all kinds of just household chores, right? you got to buy food. You have to cook milk, uh, food. You have to clean up after the food. 
you've got to vacuum, somebody's mowing the grass, you've got all these different things, right, that just kind of take up your day. Some of you have social obligations, you're going to read books, you're going to go on vacation, uh, then there's the unexpected crisis things that happen, like your car breaks down, your in-laws come into town for a visit, somebody in your family gets sick, there's just all these non-stop things that are going on in life, and it doesn't take long at all, and you've filled up your day, right? It's just chock full of stuff. Have you ever gotten to the end of a day and you're just like, I, I don't know where today went? But it went, right? That day filled up with all kinds of stuff. We are busy people. We have a lot of things going on. But then on top of the fact that we have all these just like daily activities, right, that fill up our time, there's also some things in life that we would say really matter, that really count. And so when Jesus said, I want you to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, what he's saying essentially is that there's some things in life that are more important than others. Right? There's some things in life that you should really value. There's some things in life that you want to really count, that you want your life to be about, right? And so I brought some tennis balls, and they're going to kind of just represent some things that matter to us. Um, and since I'm the one up here talking, I'll, I'll tell you things that matter to me, but maybe later on for you, maybe at lunch this afternoon or maybe later on this week with your family, if you're single, maybe you get together with some friends, and I want you to think about what are three or four things that really matter to you? Like three or four things, again, that, that you think really, really count in life. So for me, I'm going to put a T on this first tennis ball, and it's just going to stand for transformation. Um, I want to see some transformation in my life. That's important to me. Like, I have some patterns, some junk, some things in my life that I want God to continually to clean up in my life. I want some transformation, not, not to somehow earn God's love because God already loves me, not to earn God's acceptance. He's already accepted me. But I want some transformation in my life because I want to become the person that God's created me to be. And so I think about some things in my life, like forgiveness. Like sometimes I hold on to a grudge too long, and I want to learn to be someone who just lets go of that right away, right? Let go of that pain right away. I want to be someone who's quick to forgive. And so that's going to require some transformation. Transformation takes time. i got to put myself intentionally in environments like this where I'm worshiping and I'm praying, and all of that stuff is helping form me into the person that God created me to be. And so transformation, when I think about it, is... A really important thing, and I'd like to see some more transformation in my life. Um, this one, I'm going to put an L on, and it's going to stand for love. When I think about things that really matter, I think love really matters. Uh, there's an Australian nurse by the name of Bronnie Ware. Uh, she spent most of her career with individuals in the last 12 weeks of their life, and she wrote a book called uh, The Five Regrets of the Dying where she talked about how with almost every single person in the final stages of their life, there were some very common themes that showed up of things that they regretted in their life. And um, so she wrote this, and she said one of the regrets was this, and I quote, she said, many people would say, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. She said, there were many deep regrets about not giving friendship the time and the effort that they deserved. Everyone misses their friends when they're dying. You know, it's, it's interesting. Relationships take time, don't they? It takes a lot of time. And I've been with dozens and dozens of people in those final moments of life, and almost every single time, what matters to them the most is people. 
It's the people that they loved and the people that loved them. That's what mattered to them more than anything else. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply. Right? Again, above all. So again, we see this theme in Scripture, right? That there are some things in life that are more important than others. And love is at the very top. Above all, love each other deeply. And this is one of the things that I love about Jesus. Right? I love this about Jesus. He's always just with people, right? And he never seemed to be preoccupied. He never seemed to be, like, distracted. He's just with people. And all kinds of people. Right? Political leaders. Religious leaders. He's with people that have diseases. He's with lepers. He's with tax collectors. He's a people magnet. And people that were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. They really did. They wanted to be around him. And I just believe with everything inside of me, I believe that the best use of your life is love. And so when I think about my life, uh, love's a really important one. Uh, Another one for me is generosity. So I'm going to put a G. That's a terrible G, but uh, that's going to stand for generosity. Generosity is important to me. I want to live a generous life. I realize that um, I've been blessed. Uh, If you own a car, you're in the top 6%, I think, of wealth in the world. You own a house, you're in the top 3% of wealth in the world. I would dare say that almost all of us in this room are in the top 1% of wealth in the world. Like, we've been blessed. And we shouldn't feel guilty about that, but there's a responsibility that comes along with that, right? 1 Timothy chapter 6 says, Tell those who are rich, that would be most of us, to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, to be ready to share. And I think the reality that most of us have been given some extra in life, again, that shouldn't be a guilt thing, but I do think that we fail at being generous when we think that all of our extra is just for us. Right? So a lot of that extra that we have that we've been blessed with is not just for us, but we get to share that. We get to share that. Now, this week I had uh, coffee with your pastor, and Pastor Clay has an incredible vision for the future of this church. In fact, that's a lot of what he's spending his time on during his sabbaticals, praying through and thinking about this vision of what the future is going to look like. And when you cast a big vision like that for the future of a church like this, it doesn't just happen without people being generous and coming along and saying that they want to be a part of it. And I believe that about you guys. You want to be a generous group of people. Uh, This last one, I'm going to put a J, and it just stands for joy. Um, I want to take joy very serious in my life. Like, I want to have just a lot of joy. John chapter 15, this is towards the end of Jesus' ministry. He said this. He said, I have told you this so that my joy may be complete in you and your joy may be complete. I don't want to miss joy, right? I I really don't. And I want to choose joy. It doesn't mean that life's always going to be great or perfect. I've been through some tough stuff. I bet you guys have been through some tough stuff, but I want to choose joy. If I have the gift of sight, I want to celebrate that with joy. If I have the gift of of hearing, I want to celebrate that with joy. I want to celebrate meals with joy. Hopefully, in a few minutes, you guys are going to go out. Maybe you go out to eat, or maybe you're going home to eat, and hopefully you're going to enjoy a really good meal. And you can enjoy that meal with joy. Your friendships with joy. Answered prayer with joy. Like, how often do we totally miss, like, celebrating answered prayers? 
spiritual gifts. The leaves will be changing color soon. A round of golf, a hike in the park, just the fact that we get to live in the Nashville area, right? We should have joy in that. In every stage of my life, I want to have joy. Now, here's the problem. These things that I say are important to me in my life, things like transformation, things like love, things like joy, things like generosity. If I were to ask you, like if we were to go to lunch together today, and if I were to say, hey, are these things important to you? Do you think these things have value in your life? Do you want your life to be about things like love and transformation and joy and generosity? I think most of you would say, yeah, that's what I want my life to be about. Maybe you have a couple other things that come to your mind that you're like, I want my life to be about that. The problem is this. When we take the things that we say matter the most to us, and we try to squeeze them into an already packed, like, life, they don't fit, right? It just doesn't fit. And, like, for me, this is more than a cute illustration. This is a major problem in our culture today. We are so busy. And so a lot of people approach this problem in different ways. Some people look at this and they just say, you know what, it's a season. Some of you have been telling yourselves that for three or four decades, right? It's a season. Eventually, you know, it, it'll get easier. Some of you think, I just, I need more hours in the day. Have you ever said that? I just need more hours. Problem is, like, these jars, they come in 24-hour sizes. That's it. No more. You don't get any more time, right? So, like, for me, what, what I wonder is what would it look like in your life if you actually took Jesus at his word? What would it look like in your life if you did what Jesus said, which was what? Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the things that matter the most. And what did he say? He said, everything else, right, everything else will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now, what would that look like in your life? Honestly, I don't know. I, I have an idea of what it looks like in my life. But honestly, I can't tell you. I don't know exactly what it would look like in your life. I just know this. There's certain things that I just have to trust Jesus in, right? And if he says, seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added to you, I trust him. And so what would it look like tomorrow if when you woke up, you just said, I'm going to number my days. I realize my life is not going to last forever. And there are some things that are more important than others. And those things are going to become priority for me. What would that look like for you? To seek first the kingdom of God. To trust him in this. And again, I can't tell you exactly what that looks like or how you're going to restructure things. But I encourage you to take some time to think about it. Now some of you, when you hear a message like this, you have a lot of guilt. And you're like, man, I've, I've wasted a lot of these. Right? I've wasted a ton of these chasing after things that didn't really matter. And so right now you feel a little guilt or a little remorse. But one of the beautiful things about following Jesus is what does scripture say? It says, his mercies are new every morning. You know what that means? Tomorrow you get to wake up and you get a brand new one of these and you get to decide. You get to decide how you spend your time in the course of that day. So I hope you'll do it wisely. Let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for this day. Thanks for Our time gathered here, thank you for the reminder that our days are numbered. That death, to some degree, is imminent. And that 
It's not to be a morbid thing. It's not to, to drive fear into us, but to just remind us of how to live and how to live well. Teach us to number our days so that we'll live with intentionality, that we'll make the things that matter the most, things like transformation and love, things like generosity, things like joy, that we'll make those things a priority, that we'll chase after those things and not all the other stuff. Teach us to seek first his kingdom. God, we love you. We're grateful for this day of life that you've given us. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.